Hey everyone, welcome to the Sneaker History Podcast, where we dive into the people, stories, and iconic moments that have helped make sneakers a global phenomenon. If you've ever told someone that you like their kicks, then you're in the right place. Before we lace up this episode, here's a little teaser for you. Stick around to the end of each episode for the last shot question. It's a chance to test your sneaker knowledge and engage with our community. I've also recently started a newsletter to share my knowledge from nearly two decades of experience working in the footwear industry. You can find the link to that below or go to sneakerhistory.com slash newsletter for a weekly deep dive into the biggest topics in the sneaker business. All right, now that the business is taken care of, grab your favorite pair of kicks and let's get started with the episode. Georgian trying to shake off Starks. Oh, what a move! What up, what up? Welcome to the Sneaker History Podcast. My name is Nick Engvall with my guys, Mike and Robbie, to talk some kicks. What's good, fellas? What up, man? I am just in a happy place, mainly because I just got a sample of some enchiladas my wife is cooking right now, so I can't mm, I can't be any happier. Enchilada sample, so like you got some sauce and cheese and a spoon? Nah, nah, nah. I got like one. You know, you get a plate of like two or three enchiladas. I got one. Just, just, just to hold me over until dinner's ready. Cuatro <laughs> de uno. Um, that's awesome. I was eating some peanut M&Ms earlier, and I was just thinking, man, even if I was allergic, I would still eat these. I would like, I would just go into shock and deal with it. <laughs> Worth it. <laughs> It's so good. I thought that. I feel like I would do that for burritos, tacos, but probably not for M and M's. Wait, I mean, there's no such thing as a burrito. <laughs> you're, I don't trust you if you're to burritos. Like, I just wouldn't even trust <laughs> you as a human being. I mean, I'm just saying, like, <laughs> if I was allergic to anything and I was willing to risk my life for it, I think burritos, <laughs> tacos. I would say Mexican pizzas, but Taco Bell's taking that a, that away from us. So, yo. Can we put them on uh, dry ice and resell them? Yeah, I don't know. I mean, Sam, we can be the plug for, for Mexican pizza. We buy them all up and just save them. You know what I'm legitimately allergic to, though? What's that? Bullshit. <laughs> I should have known that was coming. Yeah, I, I was like, I was like, oh man, he's he's allergic to some. They got serious so quick. Never mind. <laughs> I just might die if I take too much of it. <laughs> oh, oh, man. Yeah, I mean, it's, uh, it, it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's questionable if I would go for M&M's. But as we were talking about before we started recording, the caramel M&M's, the coffee M&M's are, are like far superior to the rest of them for me. You know what? I'm not mad at you, but I have to throw one more in. And this is not going to be a fan favorite, but I love the peanut butter M&M's as well. Those three, I can live off of them. I'm not, I'm not mad at that. The peanut butter ones are good. The, the crispy ones are bullshit. That's like. Did he still make those? Exactly. They're bad. So I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe they don't. I just want to try to integrate some, we were talking about South Park and I got a lot of messages of people agreeing that early South Park hits different. Let's talk about M&M's and see. So maybe someone could leave us a review. And in that review, 
mention what their Eminem preference is. How yeah, about that? there you go. If you, you go. That, if you do that and you haven't left a review yet, I will then mail you a bag of said Eminem's Scouts Honor. Dang! <laughs> Autograph from Robbie. Autograph. Hey, we'll we'll send you we'll send you like some sneaker history stickers, maybe maybe a T-shirt even. See, I'm trying to keep it committable. I'm not playing. <laughs> um, no, I'm not playing. But no, at the very least, you'll get whatever bag of M&Ms you want. At the very least. They may be half eaten, but you'll get <laughs> Why is this corner open? Don't worry about it. Um, <laughs> hey, yeah, make sure you're healthy, man. Make sure they're good. <laughs> we, just, we need a review, man. I mean, everybody is so nice in the comments and DMs. It's, Transfer that energy over to the podcast app, and it would be super cool. So yeah, yeah, we would definitely appreciate that. I'm fishing right now. I got I got to circle back though because Mike said peanut butter M and M's. So the the question has to be peanut butter M and M's or Reese's Pieces. Uh, I'm a fiend for both. I mean, I'm not gonna lie. I think I have to go Reese's Pieces over to M and M's just because something about them I can just knock down pounds of them at a time. Over (laughs) it's it's bad, man. You don't remember when you was my sweetest? You don't remember I called you Reese's Pieces? Kanye. Okay. Reese's Pieces. Musical stylings of Robbie. Right? Dude. Pop. God, now I just want candy. Thanks, fellas. <laughs> I know. I was just sitting there kind of daydreaming like, damn, wish I had some. <laughs> we'll, we'll pivot away from the topic, but if, you, if you've ever um, lived in a city – that has premium ice cream delivery. I, I almost got ice cream for 20 bucks, two pints for 20 bucks with delivery would have been more than that. What? But a grocery. Yeah, exactly. It's really good ice cream. Shout out salt and straw. But I was like, you know what? I can go to the grocery store a couple blocks up and get a lot more for 20 bucks. So I bought ice cream and then like 10 different bags of candy. So that's why there's so many candy things on my mind because i've been eating a lot of <laughs> boy on a sugar high right now two pints of ice cream or a quart of ice cream and this mad candy oh i, I got some yogurt too and some other yeah you know i got some groceries 20 bucks you, you know what though robbie after knowing you this long and mm-hmm. knowing your like your, your philosophy on sneakers i'm surprised you didn't get the two quarts of what you really liked Oh, I do it all the time. That's why I was like, man, you're, you're <laughs> thinking that it's okay to be spending this much on two pounds. But it's good. Um, it's, it's, it's borderline great. So if you if they deliver, go check out Salt Straw Ice Cream. This is the last of the food plug. We're five minutes in and I'm still talking about food. So, I mean, yeah. I could co-sign the Salt and Straw. It's pretty good stuff. Hey, you need to try it. It's so good. I know we were. I know we were actually close to making a pivot there to to talk about sneakers. But have you guys ever had it's it? What's that? Okay, oh, so oh. it's it's basically like an, an ice cream sandwich. It's a company out of San Francisco, but it's an ice cream sandwich. Ice cream in the middle. The the sandwich part is oatmeal cookies. What? And then it's all dipped in chocolate. So if you haven't had it, it's called it's it. Look for it at your grocery store because it is my by far my favorite ice cream dessert thing. The one special ice cream I've ever had was it's the place in California in L.A. Nick. Uh, they did like the ice cream between the two donuts. I can't remember the name of the place. I don't know. I can't remember the name. It was some years back when I went and I had it. And 
like two fresh donuts and this cookie monster ice cream. So it looked like cookie monster from Sesame street. It was cookies and cream, but blue. Oh my God. <laughs> yep. I'm looking it up right now. Uh, afters. After, yeah. Afters. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Fantastic. I'm not a huge ice cream guy, but I partake every so often. And that was one of the times where it blew my mind. So yeah. So, so basically like imagine, imagine cause afters does the cookies too. Right. But imagine the, yeah. imagine that just like in a chocolate shell, that's, that's an, it's it, but you oh. can, can, can buy it for home. Uh, the, also, I don't know, like this new, this new path in life I'm on. We found him at Costco. Oh man. We got to check on Nick every so often. Actually, he hasn't knocked himself out with ice cream. Yeah, if you guys don't hear from me for a while. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just, I'm just passed out. <laughs> I mean, hell, the air quality today is so crazy. So I think I told you guys, but like normally, you know, air quality, I, I see it on the on the iPhone app. So it's like 100, you know, 150, 180 is really bad. Typically, it's, you know, 20, 30, maybe on a good day, it might even be less than that on a on a, you know, kind of bad day is like 70 to 100 somewhere in there. Today, when I woke up, it was at 484. And it's gone down to like three something, but 484, the, 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 like the, the meter for the quality, the, the air quality index only goes to 500. So you could just, we had to take the dog out. You could just see like all the smoke and just crap in the air. Like, I mean, it's just absolutely insane, but uh, hopefully, I mean, I know, I know Robbie's dealing with it up there in, in Portland too, but it, it just seems like it's, it's like the whole West coast up and down, even out to like Utah and Colorado with all these fires. It's, it's nuts. Dude. First of all, you would have been breathing death if you went outside. So I'm glad you didn't go. <laughs> yeah. God, that's crazy. Yeah, man. It's, it's, uh, Definitely, definitely nothing to be messed with out there. So hopefully everybody's staying safe. So now we're 10 minutes in. We haven't talked about sneakers at all. So uh, what are you guys rocking and copping this week? Oh, guys, uh, more ice cream. <laughs> um, <laughs> what I'm rocking is the pair of Mario RS Dreamers that the good folks at Puma were nice enough to send me over this morning. Dude, those things are freaking dope. Like it'll, like Mario in the insole little Mario tagging on it and we're, we're the J Cole dreamer tag is on the back that replaced it with like the little star that gives you like invulnerability. So super dope. Um, what I'm copping, you know what? Not, not much of anything right now. I mean, I guess just like a good sport, I'll try for the, uh, the fragment threes just because, but I'm really kind of leaning towards a pair of the, the Don, issue two something about them i just keep getting drugged back into it and they're only 100 bucks so it's pretty dope very good i like the dawn issue too that's a yeah so many good colorways on that shoe already mm -hmm. um, when it comes to rocking actually went up to idaho this weekend and you know what i rocked i rocked some uh like 2012 fly uh, fly knit uh free free runs 2013 planet free runs classic man i always call my legend of zelda shoes because they look like elf feet at the top they're very pointy <laughs> um but it's a cool little flyknit pattern i got them for like literally 30 dollars dead stock at buffalo exchange so Ooh. when i have to go out 
And I still, I don't want to say look fresh because I'm sitting out in the middle of nowhere, but it's nicer than wearing beaters. So that was fun to wear. Um, and when it comes to purchasing, I really, really want to get my hands on a pair of the Air Raids. Nick and I have spoken about them a little bit. I wrote a little article about them, but just I'm always defending the Air Jordan 8 and the Raid is like its spiritual predecessor since it came out a year earlier than the Air Jordan 8. Um, but I've never had a pair and I'm going to do it this year or 2021, whatever, whenever it happens. But in the next calendar year, I'll have a pair of Air Raids. Nice. <laughs> Put it nice. that way. Uh, so I uh, rocked a Reebok answer for slip on today that uh, this move has me digging a little further into the collection. So I just came across and was like, Oh, I could, I could, I could, I could live with these today. Um, didn't wear them for very long. Cause I literally walked the dog out and back and was like, Nope, not staying out here. <laughs> Need a respirator. Then get back. Yeah, in. exactly. But, um, yeah. And as far as like the stuff that I'm, looking at cop and I think the, I think the main thing right now that's kind of weird because normally I don't really like brown shoes, which we've talked about, but those like chocolate Pharrell NMD hues are pretty dope. I haven't seen those yet. They're like kind of like chocolate with like gray cage and lacing over them. Uh, I don't know. I'm, I'm just into them. So that's my is that one of those network? Ex- I know Network was doing some deal where they had some new NMDs coming out. Is that one of those exclusives, or are they actually going to be released to the you know general uh, public? No, this is. I think this is a um, this is a different different release because the Network stuff kind of already came and went as far as mm-hmm. their releases go. But I saw it on mm-hmm. Just Fresh Kicks this morning. So nice. uh, yes, the other thing that I am really into uh, that. I don't know if I'll. I don't know if it's actually released in, in the states, but Reebok's got the uh, Minions uh, Pump Fury. Yeah, like I saw those. Right, yellow. Yeah, I'll take them. Sign me up. How oh do I go? I like those yeah. a lot. They're just so bright, man. And Minions is like probably probably one of the greatest animated creations ever for me. Just, I think it's one of the funniest like characters ever. Oh, yeah. The Despicable Me is one of my favorite all-time animated movies. Yeah. So, so yeah, I, that's that's it for me. If we're going to talk Instapump Furies, the Tom and Jerry ones were really cool from a little bit ago. Mm-hmm. I bring that up because um, a gentleman named Gregatron on our uh, Discord posted a picture of his a little bit ago. And I was like, dang, those are crazy. But those are super freaking clean. So um, if you want to kind of learn more and get into conversation with us, maybe you should think about joining our Discord, stuff like that. Um, we've been having really good conversations the past week now that I know how to get into it and talk to people. <laughs> so it's been fun for me. I hope other people have been enjoying it too. But we're, we're all active in it. So you know, open up this conversation to that forum too. And uh, we'll talk about Instapump Furies more. Minions. Many things we can talk about candy, ice cream, all of this. Yeah, yeah, for sure, man. I think I, so. The thing about the the Discord, so you you join our Patreon, um, Patreon.com/slash Sneaker History, 
and you get access to the discord group. And the thing about it for me is just that it's, it takes away the, like the hate that comes from <laughs> the, the traditional social media sites. Right. I'm, I'm saying this as like, you know, I was telling Robbie and Mike, like I tweeted that I talked to the guardian about Kamala Harris's, uh, Chuck Taylor, you know, passion. And I got like so many people responding with just BS hate. And one of the things that I really am excited about with the discord is that it's really just people that like just genuinely enjoy this stuff. And there's no like animosity. There's no corniness. There's no hatred. It's just like, man, if you like sneakers and you want to talk sneakers, like let's do it here as opposed to doing it where people are going to jump in and drop some ignorant comment and throw your whole mood off because you see something that you didn't really need to see. So that's long winded what I really am trying to create, what we're really trying to create with the discord group. So if you're interested, head over to patreon.com slash sneaker history, and you can join for as little as five bucks a month. Back to basics. That's what it is. Back to sneaker basics with a discord group. Yeah. So this episode, I wanted to, because I'm kind of in the midst of unpacking and, and setting up a new space and trying to figure out what I want to do and how much of my life should revolve around sneakers, um, <laughs> which right now, currently all of it does basically, but that's been that way for quite a while. And I'm trying to figure out like how to put together a room that's like an office, but still, you know, showcases some shoes and, and, you know, serves its purpose of, of storing shoes for me. And I figured we would talk about sneaker storage and the types of boxes, the types of containers, the types of storage that people use and, and what works and what doesn't. So, um, my, my thought behind this is, I've tried a bunch of the different things, right? Like I've gotten, you know, soul case displays for the really nice stuff. I've gotten sneaker thrones with the little led lights in them for, you know, like holds like six pairs. I've got a bunch of drop fronts from, from container store over the years. I've done like the massive tubs from, you know, like Amazon or uh, home Depot where I'm just storing like, you know, a bunch of shoes. I even like went and just bought like the extra large boxes from U-Haul at one point, not, not even within a move, but like, because I could stack so many boxes in them and then I could move them, you know, either in storage or apartments, wherever I'm living at. So I was curious what you guys thought about, like one of the reasons why I wanted to also talk about this, is because if you've listened to the, to the podcast, Robbie always talks about having shoes on display and having it on the mantle. And I think that's like kind of what I'm looking at as far as like, what shoes would that be? How do I even decide? But then like, how do you also keep them, you know, in good condition while you're, while you're displaying them? So how do you guys go about storing your shoes? Like, I know it's like, it varies and we change it up all the time, but what's kind of like your, your go-to way of, of storing stuff? My go-to way is not the best way because it takes up too much space. But I, I have boxes of shoes right now. Like I still keep probably 99.9% of boxes just because I have never actually invested in like the drop front boxes or like the plastic displays, which I'm going to sooner than later because I'm literally looking and I'm overrun. My thing is my closet's full. I have this kind of weird 
table set up in my office where it's just become a wall of shoes. And yeah, what I really want to do is buy a, uh, like the big uh, silver metal baker's racks and just put it in one corner, stack some stuff on there. But everything else, like I want to display, like buy some maybe like floating shelves or ladder shelves and, you know, put some stuff around the office. It's just, just like, you know, you and Robbie were talking about displaying certain pieces. But uh, yeah, man, I'm right now I need help as well. <laughs> so I have places, I have shoes displayed, but it's definitely not like in a display case or any rhyme or reason. Like for example, I'm looking at one of my top three Jordan ones, like the top three Jordan one, like the left shoe. I have it next to a plant and it's been out there for like a month and a half. I don't know why. I thought it looked cool. So it's, it's chilling. <laughs> um, I have Kobe 11, like the, the Mamba moment BS thing going on underneath the mantle. That's been out for like, since the shoe came out. So 2016, I've had that shoe sitting out and they are starting to yellow a bit just because it is sit. Um, I have some old, like I have a pair of 2K4 Hirachis that are split and they're, the outsoles are talking to you and a pair of LeBron threes where the outsoles are talking to you. That means the outsole is separated completely at the heel. So it kind of flaps like a mouth. So like those just sit there and do whatever they want because it doesn't matter anymore. Like I don't have like a cool means to do it. Maybe one day I'll get like a, I think sneaker savant was talking about like a graded box or something like you would use to preserve, uh, you know, like a, a coveted card trading card. But I just rotate stuff out as I'm bored. And as, um, I kind of just want inspiration. I was talking to my friend Amir and he keeps shoes out on his mantle just to like look at them and get inspired. And then to like, do other things. And I definitely do that. Like I'll put a pair of Kobe's out just to look at. And like, I'll, I get inspired by, you know, a thought of him or a memory of me where there's something positive typically comes from it. So I really can't point you in a direction of how to best display, but I strongly recommend whoever collects or considers themselves a collector. Um, put them out in your room. If you can, if you're significant other, your pets will allow it. You know, sometimes pets are very forgiving with a pair of shoes left out. Um, so just um, read the room, so to speak. But it, you got to let the memories and the shoes breathe, so to speak. Um, we'll go into more why you shouldn't let them breathe for oxidization. I can't talk right now. Oxidization reasons. But um, if you spent $500, $100, $1,000 on a pair of shoes, why not look at them? Shit. I mean, enjoy them. That's why I like. yeah. can't wear, only wear one pair at a time. So might as well look at the other ones. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's, that's kind of what, one of the things that's been challenging for me, you know, I, I've basically been, I mean, if you go back to like Nike talk days, like it's over 20 years of me talking about sneakers on the internet and that, that means I've basically been, I've been, you know, like I've been buying shoes for a lot longer than that. But like, I realize, you know, moving, like where we move to now, I have space to, at least in theory, have all the shoes in one place. And I haven't had that in like 15 plus years. 
I've always had storage units, um, multiple storage units at times, sometimes one, you know, massive one, but that means that I don't get to wear the shoes as easily because a lot of times they're, they're buried in the back of a storage unit. And for me, this whole move is kind of like got me thinking about how would I do that? Like, what could I do to make things either more accessible or just get to appreciate them more. There are some shoes, you know, and I'm sure everybody listening can relate. We talk about it all the time. There are some shoes that I just think are beautiful that I want to see on the wall, on the shelf displayed, you know, and, you know, as Robbie said, make sure, you know, the, the friends, the family, the significant others, the pets are okay with it because, you know, the last thing you want is, is your, your dog not approving of you having a pair of shoes out and peeing on them or something. Um, or chewing them up, but <laughs> it's just one of those things where I'm excited to be able to figure out how to do this. And, and I've been thinking about all the different aspects because for some shoes, like I'm not the type of person that buys expensive shoes and, you know, keeps perfect, keeps them in perfect shape. Typically, like I wear the shoes and, you know, I've got some shoes that I ha have never worn, but because I have so many shoes over doing this for the past, you know, however many decades, there's a lot of shoes that I've probably only worn a, a handful of times, even though I, I love the shoes. It's just that they never were accessible or when they were, I only wore them for a day because I'm trying to wear uh, other shoes. So there's a lot of variables that keep me from actually wearing all the shoes that I have. And I do think that, you know, as I'm moving and unpacking and figuring all this out that I do want to downsize but I also want to make sure that I, you know, appreciate what I have and, and go back and tell some of those stories. So I'm like setting up this whole room, office, sneaker room to like really create, you know, content like photos, YouTube, all those things that I've been procrastinating on for sneaker history. And that's kind of what got me into this whole mindset of like what what's out there? What should I be thinking about? You know, I posted on my Instagram a couple weeks ago about it. Um, just asking what people use. And there was a lot of great suggestions. There's a lot of great like custom, you know, shelf building, like kind of like, you know, if, if you're going to be serious about it and, and, you know, build custom, you know, shelving into your closets and that kind of thing. But even that is really challenging for me wearing a size 13 because a lot of boxes for size 13, 12, 13 and up, the boxes just get massive. So sometimes you have a size 13 shoe in a box that sh should be holding the size 17 because the company just wants to buy bulk and save money. So, you know, obviously I love Reebok and, and questions, but man, they were terrible about it for a while. Like there was, you would just get massive, massive boxes. The shoes would be sliding around in and Nike does it. Every, everybody has done that at some point or another. But what I'm finding, what I'm finding is like, the, the biggest struggle is like, okay, I have drop front boxes from container store. I've moved a handful of times with them, with some of them, with some of them, they're new or whatever, but they always break. The tabs break on them. They're just not, they're not for me. Um, I do have them. Like I, I, if I was going to be in one spot for a long, long time, I think I might consider something like that. I don't like that the tab, that they don't stay closed. Um, and I just don't feel that they're very secure in terms of the tabs that hold them closed. So they, they break and they crack and, you know, they've, they've, some of mine are discolored now because of sun. Um, but the worst thing about them for me as a size 13 
is that some of my shoes just don't fit in them. So it really sucks because you can have the consistency for some, but then you have others that just don't fit into that. And then on top of that, if you go towards boxes and doing like more traditional shelving or closet space, I've run into the problem where, you know, think of like, what's a shoe? Like, um, so I have, uh, acronym Prestos, right? Those boxes are massive compared to most of my other sneaker boxes. And the downside to using those in a closet or just stacking is that because they're so big, other boxes are smaller. And if you stack up on them, they end up crushing on crushing in, in the center of the box. So it's, it's just such a weird, like, you know, I don't know, sneakerhead problems kind of thing. <laughs> right. Where I'm looking at all this stuff thinking like, like, damn, it's crazy. I mean, my ultimate goal is to eventually have some sort of, you know, kind of like sneaker museum that I could display a lot of shoes and have collectors bring their collections in and, and display and, and, you know, treat it like art. And, you know, obviously, like, that's a long ways off. And the way that <laughs> the way that America's handling COVID, who knows if we're ever going to have that kind of uh, ability without everyone feeling, you know, like just questioning if they should be going, you know, wearing a mask and all that stuff. So, um, but yeah, got, got a little off topic there, but I wanted to, I also wanted to know if you guys run into that and how do you guys like, I guess in stacking sneakers specifically, how do you guys go about keeping things organized and maybe like not tipping over when all the boxes seem to be different sizes and different, you know, consistencies and, and shape and structure and all that? Yeah, I mean, it's always kind of an ever-changing battle because, of course, you know, we wear our shoes as much as possible. But it's just those one-off boxes that are weird. Um, like, for some reason, um, I don't know why, but let's say Adidas boxes, they are super small in comparison to Nike boxes and Jordan boxes. But on the flip side, the Yeezy box is an odd height. Reebok boxes are bigger than normal. Then you buy any LeBron, you've just got a shoe box you can fit 10 shoes in. So, I mean, typically it's kind of go like the, you know, the method of, you know, largest to smallest and try to keep all the large boxes in, you know, one kind of stack. But as you wear them and wear them, the, the trouble is, oh, I want to wear this one sneaker that's, you know, 10 boxes down is like crap. Either I got to take all these down or I'm going to be lazy and try to yank it and hopefully nothing avalanches down on me. So that's that's why the reason I need to figure out another method, because that is like my continuous battle, because I look down like, oh, I want to wear a pair of Jordan 10s. And it's literally the last box at the bottom. And I have to figure a way to get it without, you know, wasting too much time or dropping it all. I can't tell you how many times I've pulled from the bottom or near the bottom of the stack and just knocked the whole top off. Oh, yeah. I've like been knocking ahead and people are like, what? Are you OK? I'm like, yeah, I, I just knocked them all down. It's fine. <laughs> Yeah. Don't mind me. I'm an elite shoe stalker. I've never once dropped a pile of shoes. <laughs> Not okay. to be funny. I have technique, man. I can pull a shoe out 18 shoes in from a pile. And Yo, I'll share with the class. I need help. 
Um, I mean, it sounds so, like an Instagram reel waiting to happen. <laughs> reels. Don't get me started on the reels. Um, yeah, I'm all distracted now. Those things are so dumb. But um, so like when it comes to like stacking, I learned many moons ago that just not to stack shoes like that. Like I have the place I'm in now, I pretty much chose it not only because it has built-in racks throughout a double closet, but that was a really big selling point to me. Um, metal racks are kind of the direction I'm going in because, you know, like you guys were saying, each shoe box can be so different from brand to brand or even it is model to model that having it go four or five, I'd say anything over five shoes high, you're going to get, you're going to get like box damage. That's not true in every sense. Like if you have five pairs of Adidas gazelles stacked up on top of each other and those little blue boxes are going to be fine. But if you have um, like a really big Reebok box and then like a really small Air Max 90 box and then like a pair of 2010 Air Jordans with the silver and black box, like proportionally they're going to take the corners are going to take that pressure differently. So I try not to stack shoes more than four shoes high. And I try really hard to keep them like by model. It's like all the Jordan ones are all in one area. I feel like those boxes sit easier on top of each other. than if I try to put like the Jordan 11 space jam box from a couple of years ago, that's like double paned. It's just insane of a box. It's just a pain in the butt. So that's that's just kind of my big tip. I'm heavily invested. I already have them all in the shopping cart. Uh, I'm going to buy various size metal racks for my new shoe room, and it's just going to be like racks on racks on racks. It's going to be my dream come true. Think of Foot Locker, just practical. And so, yeah, I like the metal rack idea. That's kind of what I was leaning towards because I don't – I'm not a fan of the drop front boxes just because of what Nick was saying. That plastic is just not going to hold up as long as you want. And I'd rather just deal with moving the metal every so often as opposed to having to go rebuy drop front boxes more often than not. They break everything Nick said about them are reasons why I've never owned one of them. But that comes down, I would almost say personal superstition when it comes to your shoes. Because some people genuinely think that they're keeping like an airtight seal when they're not being worn, whatever purpose, whatever benefits you can tell yourself, you're going to keep your shoes longer. You know what makes your shoes last longer? Fucking wearing them. Yeah. <laughs> That's like the number one so thing. True. Shoes go. Um, if you don't have any more to add about like shoe size, I guess I have one more thing about shoe sizes. I hate how different shoe sizes are, like the boxes. Like Nick, you were saying how, there could be one unified box, no matter what size it is. And I swear to God, Nike's done that with the Air Max Zero. And it's just, it'll be like the biggest size 15 box. And even my size 12 foot is like dwarfed in this box. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, Why is this the biggest? Like, I, I throw them away. Unless it's like a real commemorative type deal, I, I completely get rid of old boxes and I put them behind the door in single pack drives me nuts i'm not so i'm i'm on i'm with you on that mike was saying he keeps the boxes but like for the most part i don't keep the boxes i mean 
I do for the ones that make sense that are, you know, if, if it's, if it's pristine and, or it's a special box of some kind, or if it's like a good quality box and I know that it's not going to get damaged, but even like the, the basic Nike orange box, right? Once you start stacking, you know, three, four pairs on top of it, you end up, you end up seeing the creases and the dents. And at that point, I'm just like, what's the point? But I mean, that kind of makes me wonder, like, I want to ask everybody listening, but also you guys, would you ever, so I think like a lot of people that are into sneakers might want to display a handful of shoes, right? Or, you know, if there was, if there was no budgetary constraints, you know, maybe you do put a whole wall of, you know, drop fronts or side drops or, you know, crep protect crates or whatever you want to pick your poison when it comes to the clear plastic stuff. But would you guys ever consider buying sneaker boxes that are just uniform size, shape, color that, you know, like, let's say we made sneaker history branded boxes and you could just, you know, like, I'm assuming this would be like a two piece box where the lid is removable and maybe we do different colored lids and you could change it to where like the brands have their own color or something like that. But the size of the box was always the same. And then we would come up with some sort of, you know, some sort of system that would keep both the structure of the box and give you the ability to, let's say, put a shoe that's thinner or wider or taller, but then you have a way to fill it or, or, you know, almost like I think I'm thinking of like, you know, I use a Shrineco camera insert that basically has all these like Velcro padded, you know, uh, inserts so I can adjust for every lens that I take or every accessory that I take with my camera. I'm thinking of like something like that with the, with, you know, sneaker boxes, right? Like sneakers, yeah, just sneaker adjustable boxes, on the inside, basically. Adjustable on the inside. Yeah. Like, you know, maybe we figure out a way to like make it to where they'll stack, you know, five high without problems or something like that. I personally feel like that would be super dope because I would be able to put some shoes that I've lost the boxes or destroyed the boxes over the years that I think should just be protected a little bit better that I'm not necessarily ready to get rid of. But yeah. would you guys, I mean, if you were interested in that, what, what what do you think like the cost of something like that is? Because that's what the other part about going towards like, you know, this more, the fancier display stuff, right? Like I actually love the sneaker throne that I got from those guys. I think it's super dope. It's nice. I had it behind me when I did like our, you know, the, the complex uh, sneaker battle that I did a few months back with Tony and, mm-hmm. and Drew from Nike stories. But I can't afford to go, you know, buying <laughs> 30 of those things, you know, for the whole collection, nor do I have the space to, to use all of those. I mean, I wish I did maybe someday, but um, I, I think like that plays into my thought process on this. And I don't know, like it doesn't seem when I think about it, it doesn't seem like paying like, you know, I don't know, drop fronts usually run like anywhere from like eight to twenty dollars. $30, depending on the, the brand or the style that you get. And they can go up from there. But this I feel like if you could, buy, yeah, and that's what I think. Like you could get something in like the 5 to $10 range that might work better. Yeah. But, but if, then you're not displaying it. But that's not necessarily like the, the most important part to me, I guess. No, because, yeah, you're right. What I have myself is not really about displaying it. It's just easier for me 
to stack a bunch of rectangles as opposed to a bunch of oblong shaped shoes. So that's the reason I keep the boxes. Now there are a few boxes that I do like, like the, you know, I love the Jordan four boxes. Um, I really like the Jordan 11 boxes back when they did the, the special box. Um, but no, I really like the idea. If we can get a good material, like again, example, that same material that's used for the Jordan 11 boxes back in like 2012, up and before they changed them back to the regular Nike boxes. I would love to have just uniform boxes. I don't care what they look like. I don't need them. Everyone to know, oh, we're a bunch of Jordan one boxes or, um, you know, a bunch of LeBron boxes. I, that's not for them. I really keep shoe boxes for me because again, it's easier to stack a square than an oblong shape. So I really like that idea of just having a bunch of uniform boxes. You could interchange the lids or even if they just had little white uh, spots on the corners where you can just use like a Sharpie or even an expo mark. If you want to erase it when you get rid of the shoe, you can just put what's in it. So I really like that. Uh, just a uniform idea. Yeah. Like a dry erase spot. That's kind of what yeah. I was thinking. I feel really, I don't like the idea just because I don't like those boxes. Like I like having my boxes the way they are. I also don't want to knock the idea though. So, so let's just like, make- uh, let me, let me ask you and like, like what's like the best sneaker box to you? Like, I, like Mike said, the, the older Jordan 11s were great. Obviously that's a pretty expensive box, especially if you consider the plastic insert and all that stuff. But yeah. Yeezy box is pretty good. I mean, I think Nick, you can probably, uh, Nick, uh, Robbie, you can probably attest to that. Even though it's just a plain uh, brown box, I feel like the structure of the box itself is pretty, pretty sound and it's less expensive because there's no insert. There's no metal ring for the pullout drawer. So if it, if it was just like that, Robbie, would you, would that be something you're, you're interested in for shoes that you don't have boxes for? I mean, I don't like, so. I call them fart boxes because they got to clean out the fart sound typically when you do that or when you push them back in they make the fart sound. Yeah. <laughs> Jordan 11 boxes. Like, I'm going to sound like a hater. I didn't want to give a response. I'm like, I can't stand those boxes because they're a pain in the ass to close. The OG LeBron 3 boxes are that same way but worse. Like the old LeBron 3 box is god awful. I hate closing that box. Yeah, the old LeBron 7 boxes like that, too. Oh, my God. I mean, yeah. It's like, so the answer to what the perfect box is, one that works, like, I mean, that's that's the funny thing. Like, there is no perfect box because if there was, Kobe 9 elites would fit in the same box. (laughs) (laughs) You know, it's just like, it just doesn't work that way. Like, I think this all comes down to how how high you stack them and how hot the room is. I mean, I was going to try to yeah. hold off on talking about temperature, but if we're going to do that hypothetical box, I like Mike's addition of being able to like add like, you know, a chalkboard, not literally chalkboard, but some something you could you could label the shoe with. I've yeah. always enjoyed the little stickers. I know those are popular like 10 years ago. You put a little sticker on the front of the box and it's the sticker of the shoe. Mm-hmm. That's great. If you're like Jimbo slice and you have 80 pairs of Jordan fours and it's just like hard to tell which box is which, like that's really cool for quick reference. But I guess when it comes to like a plastic two piece box, uh, 
Yeah, somewhere with like a name tag on it. Um, and that fits all the descriptors you guys already gave. But I'm just really, I'm really strict about if it's a good size box that isn't too big for the shoe or too annoying, just keep the box in a not too hot, not too cold, not too humid of a place and wear your shoes every so now and again, and you're going to be a-okay. Like dependable Jay doesn't do anything. And I use him as my like life example for shoes because he's like, the Jesus of shoes, not literally, but like <laughs> from somebody who's a huge Kobe fan, looking yeah. up to another huge Kobe fan, that's like the collection I would always want in my life would be his. So it's like, he has the vault. He doesn't do anything super crazy. There are probably some like little, you know, um, cilia packs or um, what are they called? Lyca packs? The silica packs? I think they're multiple names for them. Yeah, I mean, he probably has some of those. Some of my shoes are in five gallon bags, but those are only ones that are older. I only really do that if they're 15 years or like 10, 15 years old plus, and I don't get to them a lot. I'll put those in big Ziplocs inside of the original shoe. But outside of that, if you just don't have them in your garage, you don't have them in your basement, you don't have, um, I mean, you can have them in those places if it's going to be dry or it's just, so many, I think everything comes down to like the chemistry of it. I'll, I'll try to wrap it up with that. Like hot stuff is going to do stuff to glue that breaks down the compounds. And that's where you get separation. Oxygen on clear translucent outsoles is going to eventually turn yellow. Like the, the TPU mesh on Jordan five, same thing. Those are going to get oxidized in yellow. So just like, if you can just, Keep them in places that don't get harassed by the elements. You're going to do great because almost every pair of split shoes that I own were held in Vegas in my parents' garage. And that gets, you know, with the door closed, 140, 150, not that hot, but it gets over 120 in those garages in the summer. And same thing if you're like in the Midwest and you have your shoes in the garage and it's like, you know, negative 15 in there. Like that's not going to do good for your air bubbles. So it's like, be smart if you can. Not everybody has that luxury, but uh, if possible, just try to keep them. I keep them in where I live and temperatures I would want to stay in as a human. So yeah, I mean, keep them in the house. I don't do anything special, and I can honestly say I've never. Then again, I do wear my shoes as much as possible. Like I know it's an, it, impossible to wear everything all the time, but I do try to get you know everything somewhere at least a couple times a year. That way, you know, Hey, I put it on, got some walks in it, but only shoes I ever had split on me were my Kobe fives, the OGs, the playoff pack. And then my Kobe six in the Concord color, because I played ball in them for years. So those were, those got split because of just beating them up, but keep them in the house, wearing them, put them in a rotation for so often. I mean, I have a pair of ice creams from what? 2006, 2005 was one more around there. And, they're perfectly fine. I've just been in a closet since I was in high school and I wear them every so often. And there's not a single, you know, separation, like inkling of it at all. Just, I mean, I think sometimes people overthink it about where they put their sneakers. So, I mean, if you can, like you said, you can put it in the place where you live, where there's actual, you know, air conditioning. I, I think that can solve a lot of problems. Then the hardest part is trying to figure out how to put them there. I think. Yeah, I think, 
I think that's the that's the key, right? I think there's a lot of it's a struggle to for a lot of people to get, you know, to hang on to the stuff that they have and to get it into, you know, a, a house or apartment or whatever that has a space where they can keep it all. Cause I think this is kind of like, we've talked about it a ton on, on the podcast before, right? Like, you know, there's so many shoes where you just end up getting rid of them just because you need the space mm-hmm. or you think you're not going to wear them. And then you end up, you know, really missing those shoes. And so I'm just thinking like, are there ways we could, you know, like address that or, or help in that, whether that's a box or, you know, getting creative in the way that you're storing these things. But I don't know. It's, it's an interesting, it's an interesting conversation. And I think, you know, maybe I'll look a little bit further into the boxes if people are actually interested. Obviously I don't want to spend a bunch of money on them either. So I'm not trying to make these like crazy expensive, but like even just the replacement shoe boxes that you find, you know, on Amazon or, container store type places are usually really flimsy and like you would never feel good about storing your shoes in them. So, um, yeah, something to think about, but let us know what you think, if that's something that you'd be interested in and just let us know how you store your kicks. I would love to know if there's any other ideas that people have that I'm not thinking of, you know, I, I, I always think of like, Oh, it'd be cool to have like, you know, the lights on in the the glass case, kind of like, you know, like what Robbie said with, with, uh, JP and sneaker, the sneaker savant and like this, like kind of, you know, almost like foolproof, you know, sealed case for your shoes. But then that gets to be really expensive too. And then there's only a handful of shoes that you're really going to want to do that with. But at the end of the day, like, I just want to wear them. So I wouldn't want to go down that path. I always wondered about that with like trading cards and like, you know, once you have it graded, you can't actually pull it out and look at it. Right. It's like, no, it's graded. It's, it's in here for good, which is fine. Like I, I'm not like tripping off of it, but with shoes, it's a lot different. Cause I, I do want to wear them. But, um, if, so do you guys like last kind of nuance on this whole subject, I guess, would you guys put like, obviously in certain, in a certain sense, yes. Like, like I've used the metal racks to stack them up, you know, like I think everybody that's into sneakers or, or works in a sneaker store knows that whole like back room, you know, (laughs) vibe of like the metal racks and shoes stacked. But would you put like, let's say a, a few shoes or a handful of shoes on display in like glass cases? I'm thinking of like, I think of, player exclusives or player worn game worn type of stuff. Like that's the stuff I really get passionate and curious about almost the way that like you walk into a sports memorabilia shop and there's the Joe Montana football and the Jordan signed basketball and all that. Would you guys ever have a grail display case of any kind? Yeah. It it would have to be the same kind of same uh, way you're doing it. If it's like a player exclusive autograph sneaker yeah i'll put it in a glass case other than that i mean i think i would display things in removable cases because i want to like just like you i want to wear them so i'll, I'll put a couple of things out for, for people to see like robbie has his top three out by his plant you know his kobe's out there's a couple of things i'll put out like concord 11s black cement threes my red to uh iversons those are things i would have out 
But unless it's something really just like, oh, you know, I got this from a memorabilia shop or I got lucky an NBA player autographed a certain shoe, I don't think I would go that deep with things I would still want to wear. I would put Captain Crunch in the shoe and pour cereal in it and pour milk <laughs> in it. That would be the last day I talked to Robbie. No. I mean, we'd never have to post that on Sneaker History Instagram, so, you know. <laughs> I feel like that's where we draw the line, right? Like, sorry, we're done. Sorry, we're not posting sneaker. No, no lighting shoes on fire. No uh, eating cereal out of a shoe. I don't have a problem if you're doing that stuff. Like, more power to you. But I, there's enough people that are reposting that, and you know, I'm just not about that. So, I uh, thought that's what people do when they when they buy a shoe they love. They they make it into cereal bowl. Right. Isn't that weird? Imagine imagine being someone who's not into sneakers and having and like seeing that. You just think you're a nut. Like, why would you any normal person like you put your feet in there? Why would you uh, why don't you put your cereal in there, buddy? Yeah. But on, a, on a more serious note, um, I would if I had something like really rare like that and it, and it was like a, a single shoe, like let's say like a, a, a one of two, the left shoe only. I would get one of those um, those floating shoe displays. You know what they put? You put a magnet. Oh, the magnet! Yeah, it spins it around. I think those are cool. They're 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 kind of gimmicky, but if you're displaying a signature, I think that's a really good way. Depending on where the signature is, you can like you know rotate the shoe and the magnet to like show that part really well. I think that'd be really cool. Still, something like that. But it would have to be like like I said like. Kobe's left game worn Kobe eight, something like that, and just have it sign it right on the on the swoosh. So it's have it positioned just the right way. That'd be really cool. Yeah, that makes sense. I, I yeah. mean, I, I'm I'm with you on that. It's a good one. Let us know in the comments or Instagram, Twitter, wherever is easiest to connect with us. If you're on our Patreon uh, slash Discord, definitely let's let's chop it up about this because. I'm really curious what people do and like if there's any hacks that people have to kind of make this whole being a sneakerhead easier. Um, but I don't know. Any, anything else you guys want to want to talk about before we get out of here? Um, no, I, I will say this is I guess by the time this comes out, everybody has already had their craziness over a cheeseburger. But uh, I had a buddy who went to go. uh McDonald's and try this Travis Scott meal and he ate half it and threw it away. He said it was absolutely terrible. I mean, I know McDonald's isn't amazing to begin with, but typically someone can finish a burger before it's uh before they get before they feel disgusted with themselves. Yeah. <laughs> um I guess my parting thought is um the homie Adam Chang got a pair of Chinese New Year Air Jordan ones, the twenty twenty pair. They're like mismatched. And they're like pink and they're floral. Mm-hmm. Those are one of the most beautiful shoes I've ever seen. I wanted those so bad. Um, they're only 5,000 pairs made. If I if I can have any pair of Jordan 1s right now, within reason of price, I would take those shoes. Those are so pretty. Oh, and the, the Reebok question, Kobe's, if those ever kind of release, that's another beautiful shoe I've always wanted. But it's beautiful things. We'll end on a happy note. <laughs> I like those yellow toes, and I like these Jordan 1 lows. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you. Those, those yellow toes 
still still on my bucket list. So fantastic, crossing my fingers. But all right, well, we appreciate everybody rocking with us and spending an hour with us to uh, talk some kicks. Hopefully, you guys want to continue the conversation. Hit us up on uh, at Sneaker History on all the platforms or patreon.com slash sneaker history to uh, hop into the Discord server and, and chop it up with us there. Otherwise, uh, guys, let them know how they can find you. Yeah, you guys can find me on Instagram and Twitter at MadWatcher789, at YouTube at Mike Guillory, and of course, sneakerhistory.com. Robbie, where you at, buddy? You can find me at R-A-H-B-E-E-702. Right on. And you can find me, Nick Engvall, at Nick Engvall on all the platforms. And we'll catch you next time. Peace. See ya. What up, y'all? This is Nick again. First, I wanted to thank you for listening to the Sneaker History Podcast. It really means a lot that you would spend a part of your day rocking with us. Before you take off, I wanted to ask a few favors. If you're looking for more content from the Sneaker History crew, head over to patreon.com slash sneakerhistory. Our Patreon members get access to exclusive episodes of the podcast, our latest merch, giveaways, and much more. You can become a member for as little as 5 bucks a month, and it really goes a long way supporting the crew. Next, make sure you're signed up for our email newsletter. We share updates about the footwear business, some of our favorite finds and deals, and other sneaker-related news a couple times per week. I like to think of it as a one-stop shop for the sneaker game, or at least a work-in-progress one-stop shop for the sneaker game, if you know what I mean. Last but not least, tell someone you like their kicks today. Whether online or in person, social distancing in effect, of course, it helps make the sneaker community a better place, and you never know what conversation and opportunity might come from it. As always, we appreciate you, and we'll catch you next time. Peace. Hey, hey, Nick here again. Before you take off, I want to thank you for listening to the Sneaker History Podcast. Be sure to hop into our Discord to answer this episode's The Last Shot question and get to know our community of sneaker enthusiasts. If you'd like more insights on the trending topics in the sneaker world, I've also recently started a newsletter to share my knowledge from nearly two decades of experience working in the footwear industry. You can find the link to that below or go to sneakerhistory.com newsletter. And last but not least, tell someone you like their kicks today. You never know how far a simple compliment can take you, and we all know how good it feels to be on the receiving end of some appreciation. Thank you for all the support, and we will catch you on the next episode. Peace.